Here's today's God Heals Hurting Marriages with Charlene Steinkamp. Do you live a life of perseverance? Or when you have a problem that comes against you, do you give up easily? Or do you just throw in the towel? You don't even try. You look at the circumstances and they seem to be a huge wall and you just say, I'm not even going to face it. I'm not even going to attempt to try to look and destroy that wall that is blocking my goal. Today, we're going to be talking about hindrances. But you know, I want to add another word with hindrances. As I continue to study on hindrances, when I study it, I see that it also can be used as we're believing a lie from the enemy. The enemy, Satan, is deceiving us by believing a lie that we then believe it's a hindrance that we cannot have something like a restored marriage. So I am continuing on with hindrances, but I also want you to ask yourself, are you believing lies from the enemy? As we talk about it in our devotionals, that we do have battles for our mind and we have to take captive our thoughts. But I want you to know that you can live a life of perseverance. You can have goals and strive for it. And that goal could be a five-month goal, could be a one-year goal, or it could be a five-year goal. It can be like our grandchildren that I have that are going to college, and they have a four-year goal right now, but they may have to go to seminary afterwards, and that's another one- or two-year goal. And they have this goal, and it's going to be perseverance in all the different areas that they're going to struggle with. But they're going to keep on keeping on, like running that race that we talk about. You have a goal, and God has spoken to your heart that he's given you a promise, and you want your marriage restored. In the natural, we have to do our part in striving to have a restored marriage, and that means we ask God to change us, mold us, make us to be the husband or wife, the mother or the father that we need to be in a relationship's. We need to strive for our relationships to be very healthy, that we can have. And then we ask God to have our spouses see us through the eyes of God. So my goal today is to help you see how important perseverance is and not give up. It is not giving up. What we're going to be doing is we're going to keep asking we're going to keep seeking, and we're going to keep knocking for all the promises and all your heart's desires from the Lord, and we're never going to stop. Some people say, ask once, and then just say, thank you, Lord, you're doing it. Today, I'm going to share the scriptures that prove that you never stop praying and asking and seeking and knocking until you get your breakthrough. I'm very excited about what we're going to learn today, so get ready and get pencil and paper to write down some notes for yourself. Let's first go to Luke 11, verses 5 to 13. 
Now, I'm going to give you examples of what Jesus is speaking to masses of people. And so I want you to imagine yourself that you're sitting right in front of Jesus and he's talking to you. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. And in another version of a Bible, in NIV it says, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. I like that. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Wow, I love this story. And I thought, it's a story it's a parable that Jesus is telling the people and making a story that's real, and they can apply it to their life. What if that happened at their house? And my point is, Jesus is telling us what we need to do, how we need to react, and what we need to do. We need to go to the friend or to the Lord and we need to be bold in what we do. We need to have faith and walk with that perseverance, with that confidence that we are standing for our marriage. We're not going to be wimpy or shy, but we're going to walk with confidence like we have the Lord on our side and the enemy on the other side, and we know the Lord has already paid the price on the cross, shed his blood, defeated Satan, and we are conquerors in Christ. So we need to not let the enemy speak to our mind and have the battle of the mind of the lies that this is never going to happen. Nothing is changing. All the negativity that comes in the thoughts of your mind you have to be able to say, that's a lie from the enemy. Get away from me. And then you have to keep asking, seeking, and knocking. You have to continue to be bold in your prayers with confidence. And yes, we can cry and we can do all of that with the Lord because he knows everything about our heart. But we need to speak faith when we talk to others. How are things God's in control? And that is all you have to say. You don't have to say, I haven't heard from my husband or wife 
for three months. You don't have to say the kids haven't had a phone call in two weeks. We do not have to speak negativity. We need to be persistent in faith and in hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So the Lord has totally clearly defined in this one story that we are to be bold and keep asking. Even though that man was in bed and he had no desire and told him he's not going to get up, you kept on asking. The hindrance that I'm going to be teaching about today is that you do not ask. You stopped asking. You ask maybe once a day, once a week, but you're not asking regularly. You lose heart. You give up. And you do not wait for God's perfect timing. You don't trust God. You're not putting your total confidence and letting go and letting God totally be in the driver's seat and say, you sit next to me and I'm going on this trip and we're going to do it together, but I'm in charge. And that's where I'm asking you today to examine your heart and say, where am I? Am I living a life of perseverance and boldness and confidence? Or am I not asking and am I not praying regularly? Am I losing heart? Am I ready to throw in the towel? How many times have we given up? But will you choose to wait for God's perfect timing and keep thanking him and praising him that he's moving on that other side of that mountain that the Lord showed me and he's just slicing it away one step at a time and all of a sudden that mountain is going to crumble suddenly. I just got another testimony this week that I want to share with you. My marriage was a wreck in 2013. We filed for divorce. Our children were young, three, four, and six. Our six-year-old had so much hurt in his heart with his father gone from his life. My children and I moved into two bedrooms in a relative's basement. It was hard. After seven years of not working, I had to find a job, and my husband wasn't helping us financially at all. As a matter of fact, there were times I had to help him pay rent as the lease was also in my name. I had so much hurt, really hate and anger in my heart. He was out partying, and I was working nights trying to support our kids physically and emotionally. But God, I found Charlene's story. And I began to pray for restoration. It was hard and ugly at times. When people talk about their suddenly, it happened to us in 2016. And here we are, two years later, more in love than I ever knew we could be, teaching Sunday school together and a healed marriage. I thought I would never trust him. I trusted God, and now I have trust and my husband also. And that is a testimony that came in this week just for you to hear that your circumstances can be horrible. But she didn't give up. She persevered, lived in a bedroom, in a basement, but she kept on going and God touched her marriage when she had no sign that it was happening with a suddenly. That is what I'm telling you. That's what happened to Bob and I, and I want you to believe in God's suddenlies in your life, and don't worry about how long. That how long is from the enemy. 
He wants you to worry about how long is it going to take. If God knows what's best for you. God knows what's best for me. And for each of us, each one of us are different. He knows everything about you. So will you trust him today? As she's now learned to trust God, and she now trusts her husband completely. What a praise report. Now I'm going to take you to Luke 18, verses 1 to 8. And it's the parable of the persistent widow. I have so many favorite scriptures, but this is one of mine that I love because it says exactly what we're talking about today. Keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking. Luke 18, verse 1 says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Now, if you have to write this down all over your house or on little index cards or on stickies, somewhere where you will see it to remind you that the Lord is saying you should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? That's the key. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Wow, there are so many special key verses in this last part of this. Number one, he is saying to us that we're to cry out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? He says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. You know, dear standard, the Lord is giving us instructions. How often do we pray about certain things day and night? And I'm going to show you another scripture in just a few moments that it says all the time, just keep praying, little short prayers. And so what we want to do is remember that God is wanting us to be persistent He wants us to, with that perseverance, with that boldness, with that confidence, we're going to continue to keep crying out to him and thanking him and asking and seeking and knocking at his door, his his heart's door, and we're going to keep saying, and in different ways, all what we need. There's a variety of things that you may be battling. Are you battling anger or bitterness? Or financial problems? Are you battling um, employment issues? Are you battling health problems? Go to him like this. And he says, will he keep putting them off? And the answer is no, he won't. He says he will see that you get justice and quickly. But the question that he left with us was, however, 
will the Son of Man come and will he find faith on the earth? And I'm going to say, will he find you walking in faith, hope, and trust? Will he know that you are going forward with perseverance, with tenacity, and with boldness, and not wimping around and complaining and have a critical spirit? Where are you? The Lord is saying to you, this is the way you need to live. God is on your side, and we've got to keep remembering the power of God. I want to take you to Exodus 17, verses 8 to 13, and this, the Amicalites were defeated, but they came and were attacking the Israelites. And Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out and fight the Amicalites. And he said, and tomorrow I'm going to stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. Verse 10 says, So Joshua fought the Amicalites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. And as long as Moses held up his hands, the Amicalites were winning. And when Moses' hands grew so tired and weary, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur H-U-R, held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amicalites' army with the sword. He won. And the reason why is Moses did not give up. He continued on persevering, even to the point when he got weary and tired. He had his two friends with him, and they were there, and they figured out what to do because God told them to do it and that they would win, but they had to keep Moses holding the staff of God in his hands. Do you have one or two friends that are your prayer warriors that hold you up? When you're weary, you're tired, you're defeated? Well, I hope you do. And if you don't, I pray you will go to your church and ask God to show you one or two people that are going to be your prayer warriors. And you don't have to talk to them constantly, but when you have something going on and you need for them to pray for you, call them up and tell them briefly your problem and say, will you lift me up in prayer? And they will pray for you, and all of a sudden, your problem is going to decrease, and you win over the enemy. God is greater than any tricks or schemes from Satan. In this, Moses is teaching us that he totally depended and put his faith in God. My question is, are you learning that powerful lesson? Have you applied that to your own heart and life? Are you totally depending every day on God for any situation that you may face and walking in faith instead of doubt and unbelief? May I suggest that when you are facing a problem that you would contact Rejoice Marriage Ministry and send in a prayer request so we can start praying for you immediately. Also consider going to the share wall Put your prayer requests there. First Thessalonians chapter 5, 
verses 16 to 18 says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is the exact scripture that when I went and saw my pastor with all the circumstances I could possibly tell him, the first time I confessed to him we were having marriage problems, he opened up the Bible and said, Charlene, I believe this is what God is telling me to give you as a scripture to hold on to. And it really devastated me. I didn't want to hear this. Be joyful always when I've got marriage problems and all the circumstances. Pray continually. I was having a hard time praying at all. I was so angry. Give thanks in all circumstances. I was not thanking God at all for what I was going through. So give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is a scripture that is so easy and so short to memorize, but it will help you walk a life of victory, that you will radiate the Lord Jesus Christ, that you will shine with a glow in your heart and in your face, that you are victorious because the Lord is in the driver's seat and he is taking you on this journey and he knows where he's going. He knows every curve in the road. He knows every dead end that you think you're coming to and he has a detour to take. So I'm asking you today that the hindrances of not asking, of losing heart and giving up, throwing in the towel, and not waiting for God's perfect timing is from the enemy. And you have to do just the opposite as we went through these scriptures to persevere with tenacity, run the race with all your heart, knowing that God has a plan and a purpose for your life, for your children, for your husband or wife that you cannot even imagine. You cannot even imagine. So I am saying, I, when I was standing, was, did not think I would ever be doing what we've done for so many years. So hold on, don't give up, and let me close with my final scripture. Galatians 6, 9 is, let us not become weary in doing good, but at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You will reap a restored marriage if you do not give up. Have a blessed day. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit RejoiceMinistries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.